Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Beers and Rugby Chat. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host this evening. Look, it's Friday, folks. You should be knocking off early. Why are you still working? Come on, stop it, stop it. Turn off those email, those work emails um, and uh, start winding down for the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about, well, a bit of Moana Pacifica signing, because you know what? That happens pretty much every day. Uh, we've got an all-black squad to uh, go through, um, as well as a uh, Wales squad as well. Um, we've uh, got some news around uh, the Highlanders, and uh, they're going to stay, folks, unsurprisingly. Um, we'll also try and do some rugby predictions. Oops, I'm not done those yet. Um, and uh, look, since we're talking Highlanders, I've got a Spates as my beer um, for uh, lockdown beers, um, which obviously we will uh, open at five o'clock because, hey, you know what? Being at lockdown, working from home, um, it's very easy to uh, crack into them far too early. Um, isn't it? Let's uh, be honest. Um, and uh, also in the news, got some news around um, the Chiefs as well. And uh, joining me to have a bit of a chat um, is uh, Con. How are you doing, sir? Very well. Thank you, Paul. Yourself? And not so bad. Not so bad. It's 12 seconds till five o'clock. So clearly you're knocking off early. Slacker. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. That's nine till five. What's what's happened to it, eh? Dear me. Anyway, I like it. I like the top, mate. Yeah, that's a British. It's quite a cool collar on that BIL top. What year is that one? So this is the which one is this one? This is the New Zealand Tour one. Okay, twenty seventeen. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. Oh no, dear! Seventeen seconds past. I'm late pouring my beer. And uh, oh, what's what? what, Are you on the homebrew or is that? I am on the homebrew. Yeah. Yeah, oh, IPA. It's not bad. Well, oh, let me try it first. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Well, you'd have to do a sack of brewer. It it's at least as good as Spates, I have to say. At least <laughs> Maybe as not as good as those uh, those um, Emerson's Pilsen's you go and pick there. It's certainly better than the Lion Reds, but I'm no oh, burst there's no, on. There's no Emerson Pilsen's like that. Oh, what are the blue ones? Oh, no, no those are um, Moa. That's right. Yeah, no brewing. Yeah, um, yeah. damn a binos, so it's quite hard to see. So I'm making it out <laughs> based on colour. <laughs> yeah, so back there we've got some Tui, we've got some Lime Red, we've got some Boundary Road Breweries. Boundary Road Breweries are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'll take the Boundary Roads and the Moas. 
yeah. the exports um, and then also the um, some New Zealand lager. Um, there oh, yeah. The, what brand? There's this black ones, are they? There. It's called and the brand the, New Zealand lager. So, oh, okay. Uh, there you go. Um, it's the cheapest uh, 12 pack of twelve packs bo bo box of uh, cans of beer in um, Countdown, basically. Not Countdown, sorry, New World. Whatever Occasionally, countdown. it's quantity over quality. That's here. Absolutely. Especially when you're earning minimum wage. Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I had to say, um, not for not that this is the pod, but um, or this is the forum for it. But um, whilst I do really enjoy the homebrew, it's certainly not the most economical way to drink beer. It generally costs more. So if you're thinking, oh, "I'll get into homebrew to save a bit of money," it's not going to happen. It's not. It doesn't work oh, really? that way. No, no. Like to do it, like if you're brewing, um, like those. Uh, Tuhis, or um, I forget their names, the, the ones that you get at the supermarket. Yep. Um, you know, you're probably going to do all right. You get 21 liters from about 20 bucks. So it's pretty good, although you do need bottles and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but if you want to brew something that is, and, and those would be at their best at the quality of the New Zealand lager. Um, now, if you want to brew something that's a bit above, you know, and it's not the easiest to brew something of the quality of the Boundary Road or the Moa, um, you do need some you know, heavier equipment and it does start to, to add it up. I will say that I will start to break even in about 2024. 20, so we'll see how that goes. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did get told off by a craft brewmate that um, apparently I didn't home brew, I home fermented. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's the, um, the, um, using the kits there's nothing wrong with that yep. so you you know but I, I use grain which is you know a bit more maybe you'll get the seal of approval of your mate but um and it's it's borderline as like it, it's probably cheaper than going out and buying a 24 pack of um Steinlager, but um you know uh, with all the add-ons and everything it's uh, it doesn't save a lot of money so uh, you've got you've got to enjoy the process as with any hobby you can't you know, just rely on the output to uh, to kind of justify your time. Anyway, um, and talking about hobbies, obviously this is a a bit of a hobby um, uh, that's uh, uh, talking about or live streaming about rugby. Uh, if you would like to support us and help us with some of this tech, um, then uh, please uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio um, to become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio uh, and. Um, with that one so uh, um cheers to uh hooper uh, who is in the uh, live chat on uh, youtube and don't forget folks you can join in the live chat on youtube and facebook um or you can uh, watch on twitter um you can also get the recording on as a podcast as well Just search new zealand sport radio on your favorite pod catcher anyway so the reason we got talking about this is because i'm on the spates because highlanders have made an announcement today um that uh, they have um, got themselves a new license because their license is running out this year. Um, so they could have ceased to exist, uh, very unlikely, um, quite so obviously. But they have now got themselves, apparently the same as the Crusaders, a uh, in perpetuity um, license. Uh, and New Zealand Rugby has effectively sold its stake in the uh, Highlanders now. So New Zealand Rugby does not own any of the Highlanders anymore. Um, at, uh, the, there is an ownership group of four people um, who own the majority of it, and then there's a smaller percentage owned by um, Otago, Southland, and uh, North Otago. About 30% um, is held by those three unions. So um, 
look, a good news that um, the Highlands are going to be around for a bit longer. But um, uh, interesting that we're moving towards a we're moving away from union ownership of these franchises uh, and periodically renewing them uh, and go to private ownership uh, forever. Uh, and we've seen that that causes kind of conflict having private ownership of clubs versus unions in Europe. Um, the Highlanders have already men have mentioned previously that they are really interested in the um, a World Club Cup. So, Con, can we could we potentially see a? Are you happy about this kind of change of ownership? Well, look, um, I didn't know anything about it until you first said it, and I quickly read uh, a quick article while you were talking. Now I know everything, so um, <laughs> not really, but um, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I, I saw I saw a headline a couple of hours ago about it and thought, oh, that's interesting. I didn't actually realise they weren't licensed. I didn't realise they were unique. I'm um, hopefully uh, just the same as uh, some of the listeners here and being um, completely unaware of what's going on. So it's it's they're interesting. Not, I think, they're not unique. Okay. The Crusaders have already done this. Yeah. So the Crusaders are in the same boat. So those two. So how many? How many of the five uh, Super Rugby teams are licensed versus not licensed? Oh well, they're all licensed. They all have licenses. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, have a perpetual but, license. I believe it is just the Highlanders, the Crusaders, at the moment. Ah, oh, okay, interesting. So. So it's not just that they have a license in per perpetuity; uh, it's also that they have private ownership, which is what you're saying is unique to those two Southern Island teams. South Island doing it, you know, uh, um, as in being trailblazers as usual. Well, <laughs> sorry, what um, you were going to say? The well, the the, 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 the Highlanders, um, so the Hurricanes and the Cru and the Chiefs do have private ownership, but the New Zealand Rugby has a small stake still yeah. in it, I believe, is how it kind of works. Um, but I, I'm happy to be corrected on that one. Um, the But because the, the article says that um, the Highlanders have joined the Crusaders, which is why I think only the Crusaders so far have taken up this option. Uh, it is something that only became available this year, I think it was. Um, so it's something that they are, it's, it's kind of new to New Zealand rugby. Yeah. And we'll, I guess we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm a little bit, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, considering that Super Rugby was well may or may not have existed <laughs> um after COVID yeah, yeah. Um, it seems a bit interesting that they've got these um lifetime or forever um licenses yeah. for a competition that may or may not actually exist <laughs> i guess the there will be some fine print that that suggests that they you know they don't guarantee that they that the teams will continue to operate it's probably guaranteed within the confines of a super rugby competition um, and they get to maybe have some decision making about their own fate. But um, it's interesting that the Highlanders have managed to pull this off, being the smallest, um, you know, uh, population base with the fewest number of um, of teams that feed it. Um, so good on them. You know, you 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 wouldn't be surprised if they were the they were the last ones to to pull this off, given the profitability of that. Um, uh, I guess union is is challenging just given its uh, its base. So good yeah, on them. Sorry, it's interesting. Good on them. I say, yeah. Uh, in the short term, are we going to see any change? Probably not. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, there are, there are longer term implications for this, and we'll, we'll see. Look, we have seen that um, that the the franchises were all given a bit more freedom in this in this this round of of licensing, uh, and we've seen that in some of the way the memberships have been working um, with. The, well, I know mainly with the Chiefs because hence the, the, the Chiefs are the ones that I'm closest to and I get all their media releases. Um, and hence uh, 
congratulations to the Chiefs because uh, they um, have uh, just released or they've just started selling memberships for next year. Um, and uh, they've clocked up over 200 members in the first 24 hours, which is the most they've ever sold in an opening 24 hours um, wow. slot for memberships. So what's a, so, um, what's a membership for, for the Chiefs? So what, is, what does that entail? Is that to do with, uh, with the stadium tickets or is that something else? Uh, effectively, yes, it, it's it's uh, membership is season ticket holders. Season plus, yeah, yeah. They okay. did they did come up with a, a digital membership as well, which meant that you weren't a season ticket holder. Um, but I'm not sure if that I don't think that includes these. These this is about season ticket holding. Now, I kind of think it helps that the first two thousand people, I think it is, um, the first yeah the first two thousand adult members get fifty percent of their membership back in, in, on Barter Card. Which allows you to basically basically bloody barter card. So, what's the what's the um, what's the stadium? uh, um, I'm about to say population, but it's not population. What's the capacity? Capacity. Thank you very much, Paul. What's the stadium capacity of FMG Stadium? Something like 25. So it's probably not too dissimilar to the to the Orange Theory Stadium or the Christchurch Stadium at the moment, Canterbury League Park or whatever it is. Uh, yes, be similar. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, my, 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 my dad gets season tickets every year, which I um, leech off, and, um, and he's finally got some good tickets because he had tickets at the at the behind the try line, which was always a bit difficult. But um, just slightly derailing this train, um, the uh, Christchurch cannot get. I'm not sure if you're aware uh, from being up there, but Christchurch cannot get this new stadium quick enough. Um, do you, do you know much about the, I guess, the discourse about the stadium in Christchurch, Paul? Have you heard much about it up there? Oh, look, I think there's been uh, disagreements about the size. It's grown and shrunk and grown again. Um, uh, the cost obviously has bounced around a bit, um, which always happened with these large infrastructure projects, let's be honest. Uh, and uh, different council members have got different ideas as to what it should be and who should pay for it. Um, if New Zealand rugby wants a fifty thousand seat stadium, well, chip in then, folks. Uh, but they don't want to chip in, do they? Uh, so yes, it's there's. It, whenever you have these publicly owned stadiums, which what all the ones in New Zealand are effectively, and they're going to try and justify their the the, the money spent. Uh, the yeah, the economic side of it is can be um, interesting. Yeah, well, it's 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 actually fascinating to 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 sort of think about. So. Um... Now, I'm talking off the cuff here, so I don't have the details in front of me. I probably should have Googled it about 20 seconds ago. <laughs> but, but there's a 30,000 seat in Christchurch that is um, widely, uh, you know, there's a lot of wide dissatisfaction about it. Now, Dunedin, uh, Forsyth Bar Stadium is 30,000 seats. Now, that costs about $90 million to build. Uh, and that was built somewhere around 2011, 2009 to 2011. So, you know, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, the Christchurch Stadium is costing, so the, and it's the same size. So, and, and the Forsyth Bus Stadium is a good stadium. So, there's, you know, so it's the same size. There's not going to be any, there's not going to be much more. I don't, you know, I don't think a few additional chippy stairs is going to cost that much. So, it's going to be pretty similar. So, the Christchurch Stadium is costing 400 and $73 million to build. So in 10 years' time, in 10 years, it's gone from costing 90000 to build a 
30,000 seat stadium to 473. That is insane. And it's one of those things that it's uh, it's expensive expensive today, cheap tomorrow. So the sooner they get on with it, uh, the better. But I can tell you from living down here, the Crusaders obviously a pretty well supported team. Um, you would be shocked by the level of discourse about people that just say, "Why are the ratepayers paying for this?" being that only a fraction of the city actually supports or attends rugby. And that's really disappointing to hear, considering how important uh, rugby is to the city of Christchurch. Now, that wasn't on your agenda at the start of the start, start of the um, session, Paul, but I just thought I uh, would pull that up um, for some reason. Anyway. Uh, look, Forsyth Bar is the best stadium in New Zealand, mm. as far as I'm concerned, um, and, and having not been to it. So I can't... So I can't oh, it's, but it's, it's, it's really good. It is good. Um, but for, um, for, for, as, as a rugby stadium, anyway, I, uh, clearly it's not any good for cricket. Um, but some, but as a rugby stadium, it's the best stadium in the country. Uh, and and cricket stadiums, like, you know, it's not a good... It, so Jade Stadium, uh, which was the previous uh, stadium in Christchurch, was a cricket stadium, and it, you know, so it was a bit more rounded. And um, and I went there a lot. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, you're far away from the action. You know, you, you're quite distant from the action. And the first time I went to the newish uh, Christ Orange Series Stadium in 2012 or whenever it was, I was really impressed by how close we were to the action. So rugby stadiums that are purpose-built are great. And you just don't get enough sellout cricket matches in, you know, Christchurch and Dunedin to justify modifying the stadium to suit a, um, a cricket game. So... They're better to have a you know something like they do in Christchurch with Hagley Over, which is actually really good for cricket, and um, and kit it out for for the the one big game you get a year, um, and have a, a purpose built stadium for for Christchurch. But the uh, sorry for rugby, but the Christchurch stadium where it is is pretty groundbreaking. It is right where they're building it is right in town. Like it's literally two blocks, or maybe three blocks from the the. It's very, very close. You couldn't, you couldn't really build a stadium closer to the CBD in Christchurch. So they've actually, they've ta they're taking a bit of a punt. It would have been very expensive to do, but I think it will pay off. It's probably not to. Um, oh, well, I'm probably by saying this, I'm overstating it, but I think they've taken a page out of a city like Cardiff while wanting to to build close to where the bars of the nightlife are. So I think it would be pretty cool. So when it is built, Paul, you'll have to make a. NZ Sport Radio driving more um, pilgrimage down here to, to watch a game. Well, I'd love to. Um, but as I say, um, on minimum wage. Um, and uh, oh, by so then, <laughs> mate, the, the Patreon will fill the coffers Patreon, and you'll, exactly. you'll be able to take a private jet down. Absolutely. Well, yes. Um, so, the uh, so yes, folks, uh, do, yes, if you'd like to see me get down, I'd, I would love to go watch a game uh, in the zoo um, at uh, Foresight Bar. I'd buy myself oh, yeah. a, uh, an animal onesie to go do it as well. Um, because I think that's the only way to do it. I'm a bit, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a bit upset that the, the, the number of animal onesies has dropped down, has, has, has reduced in the zoo. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for get, bring back the animal, animal onesies um, for, uh, for for the zoo, personally. Just just, just on that, uh, Paul, just to further derail your uh, your agenda for this evening. So the zoo and the zoo in Dunedin is pretty famous in it, and it's actually really impressive to see on on screen. And it's great to have those sort of, uh, I guess, those fans that are probably there not necessarily just for the rugby, but more for the sort of uh, for, for the for the entertainment. Um, uh, two two years ago, I think it was. Uh, do, do you remember? Oh, I've lost Paul. Um, hopefully, he's still here. 
so a couple of years ago in um, in Christchurch, we had the um, uh, oh, and he's back. Oh, there we go. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you just. I have no idea what you mean um, about by, by fans <laughs> being somewhere that, that not for the game. <laughs> so, so a couple of years ago, in um, I, I got to go to the semi-final in uh, in Christchurch, which was Crusaders versus Hurricanes, and it was an absolutely fantastic match. And um, it, it was a bit of an unusual one. I managed to we managed to secure tickets on the line. It was a, it was like a we run a radio station thing, but behind us was the, uh, I guess uh, the Christchurch or the Crusaders had had tried to come up with the equivalent of the zoo, and there was this uh, you know this pretty large um, portion of the stadium that was dedicated to students and they kind of fenced them in and they were all, you could tell very quickly that they're all, you look around the rest of the same, you could tell that they're all sort of 20 something students from Canterbury University. They had their Crusaders sort of um, overalls, uh, which is the old school name for onesies, if you didn't know that, Paul. And, um, and they. Well, no, no, a onesie is when you sleep in, right? Whereas an overall. That's, oh, I think, I think it has to in. fit. I think the onesie has to go over your head. It has to have a hood. But oh, yes, okay. you're right. Overall, it's the one you're working. And uh, and the atmosphere was insane. And I always thought, oh, they've cracked it. You know, they've 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 given probably a student ticket that's probably ten dollars, and they've kind of allowed them to have fun. The cops were patrolling them pretty hardcore, but it was really impressive to see. Um, and you could hear them. And then the next game gone, and the next season gone. They. Something obviously just made them avoid doing that, uh, which is really disappointing. And I think the concerns around alcohol safety and uh, condoning certain type of behaviour, and, and to be fair, I was right there and it didn't seem like they were doing anything wrong, is is a, is, is really, um, you know, you do lose something. Because at that point, like, in, sorry, in the, in the game, the stadium, you know, most of the attendees are probably 40 to 50 years old, you know, pretty you know, um, uh, I guess, um, well-behaved and quiet. And that's probably the main thing. And this part of the stadium was going off. And I think it's a real shame. And I think we should, as um, I think the, the the people and the administrations and everything, and I know you're listening, um, uh, <laughs> um, are, uh, should um, try and sort of, I guess, uh, foster those um those uh, kind of, um, I guess, little initiatives that we're, you know, getting students along, 20-something, 18 to 20-year-old students along to a rugby game in force is a great thing for local rugby. They don't need them for the All Blacks. They're going to sell out without them. But the Crusaders, the the, the, the Canes and the Chiefs and the Blues, they need that, that kind of, um, you know, uh, local passion. Anyway, that's my rant over. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and look, I think there needs to be an I like local flavour um, to it. So, for example, hence I had the green bucket on because I went down to when I went to. Um, oh, I've gone blank. When I went to um, Palmerston North for a uh, Manawa two turbos game, I've only been once, um, but um, I deliberately went to minor 10 um, and bought myself <laughs> bought a, a bucket. green bucket. And, How um, much did it cost you, remember? No, I can't remember. Which <laughs> But I did have to. I did have to buy a hacksaw at the same time to cut out the hole. Um, and uh, clearly, I've not done this before because you can see you oh, coming. it's a bit wobbly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's well. Uh, it's actually quite hard there. to get that to get Sorry. that side bit. The top, you know, the straight down was easy. It was the other bit that was difficult. Going across the top, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So it's I'm all, I'm all for that. And I, and uh, so to me, um, I also think the zoo is a fantastic thing for um, 
the uh, the Highlanders and po possibly for the for the Crusaders. If I was more on Pacifica, I would not be trying to create a zoo, for example. Mm. Um, but I would be actually thinking, you know what, um, what what do Pacifica people like doing now? Clearly, here we are. Here's here's Mister. Mr. White Colonial trying to tell them what to do, but um, my, I, I would suggest something along the lines of a, um, a choir section would be fantastic, um, singing um, Pacifica songs um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and would, add, would, would add a great atmosphere to it. Um, and if, yeah, if they can get a section where, look, if you um, agree to be part of a choir that, train, that, that maybe meets once every so often to, to practice, then you get free tickets to the game and you have one section that's got a hundred or so people in it that sing um, and that sing pretty much continuously through the game. And that is going to create an atmosphere and other people will join in those songs. So to me, that, that something like that would be what I would think of doing. Oh, that's an excellent idea, Paul. I think, um, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, people in the Pacific community have, have kind of probably thinking along the same lines and are ahead of us, but I think if, if they would, would lean into that and try and, um, I guess, uh, get that going, it would be great because I've always been a bit um, mildly disappointed that, you know, we as New Zealand All Black fans, we don't have chants. We don't have, uh, <laughs> you know, songs or anything, whereas the, the English and the Welsh fans, for example, um, and, you know, to be honest, they're probably the only ones, if, if unless you can uh, tell me otherwise, that no, have true... the, 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 the Scots and the Irish and also the French do uh, get 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 involved in that, and it's very much it's it's it's, it's a big football thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, whilst in rugby, it's not so much chance; it's more uh, it's more songs than yeah, chance. That's right. Um, you get your sweet because yeah. You know, you got your sing low, but you, I mean, um, I mean, Bread of Heaven, which is obviously a a, a hymn, uh, mm -hmm. is something you'll hear sung a lot um, uh, in by the Welsh crowd, for example. Uh, over in France, yeah, they they have they have songs um, for each yep, team as do. well. Um, yep. So yeah, no, it's one of those things. That I, when I came here and I get yeah, sat in the crowd and think, wow, the only reason everyone's shouting all blacks at this point is because they've put all and then blacks and they're flashing it up in time on the screen to make everyone join in the crowd has yeah. to be told to even chant all blacks I, wow yeah it's <laughs> it's yeah and new zealand doesn't roll off the tongue as a chant either it's too many syllables so wales england they work quite well as a repetitive drone <laughs> yes yeah, too, too, too many syllables full. and then when when the, when the lines were over here they tried um to get everyone to sing um uh, it was a yeah a Maori song that I'll be honest I I don't know but apparently is one that everyone has grown up with. Um, but again, the Paul EA one that um, is that the one you're talking about or uh, that they had the policeman um, singing on the adverts. No, but yeah, anyway, sure. um, anyway, but again, they do need that. that like I've, I've, it was an honestly, overly complex song as far as I was concerned. Um, it was, there was a lot there was a lot to it. Um, yeah, the 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 one. Um, not that I'm a big fan or anything, uh, but the in the cricket in New Zealand, the ACC started to get some chance for cricket going. So they would kind of use social media to get some, and, and the, the radio hierarchy sport or whatever it is, hierarchy, I don't listen to it, to be honest, but um, they started to get some chance sort of pre 
done. So they'd sort of say, hey, we're going to do, you know, when Corey Anderson would come on, we're going to do this, or Bolt, we're going to go boop, 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 boop. And that worked for the cricket. And I always thought, you know, if they if they directed their energy to something useful and went for the rugby and tried to do some rugby chance, they could probably pull it off because what they'd do is they'd spend the week saying, hey, anyone going to this game, at, um, as soon as, uh, you know, um, uh, such and such gets the ball, Will Jordan gets the ball, we're going to do this chant. And I kind of could see that catching on because these kind of chants and that kind of thing, how you get them going is actually quite difficult. The footballers... Uh, you know they're they're pretty incredible at it because they've got such a um, you know strong community behind the scenes I guess, um, but New Zealand rugby or the New Zealand rugby fans are um, yeah it just it's, it's just something that's eluded us and I've always found it disappointing and I assume the the impression of rugby fans from from Britons and 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 Welsh and touring people is probably that we're pretty dry except for when the All Blacks got the ball running away for a try and then there's noise but that's about it. Well, we yes, don't even sing for the national anthem. And I said the the other time that you you know that you've got all blacks fans worried is when they start booing you. Um, if they're not oh, booing yeah, you, being quiet, then then basically, basically they know you're going to beat you know you're going to beat them. So actually, when you get booed, it's a sign of respect and the fact that they think you might win. Um, so that that's the other part. So what you basically need is a crowd of twenty of you um, that, uh, that 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 right go right. We are doing this for the next five games. Um, and come hell or high yeah. water, you just keep doing it, and people will either join in or they won't. Um, uh, or Which would probably out. work quite well for a um, a game in the Tron or a Crusaders game, but the problem with an All Black game is usually there's one big game a year in each location. So it's quite hard to build that mm-hmm. momentum. Like, say, in, in Christchurch, if some genius has come with a chant, they're going to have to wait three years before they get to reuse it in an all-black game because <laughs> that's how often we get a game here. So I see your point, though, with the Crusaders uh, or, or, or um, the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, anyway, it's a, it's an interesting take, I think. How do you invent these? I think the, the ACC guys, I don't think they've actually broken ground. I don't think they've succeeded in this, but they came up with some catchy things that worked quite well um, because they tended to have a national base and the Black Caps tend to play sort of five five or six um, or, or maybe seven games a season and their fans kind of went with them. So it kind of worked, um, but I don't know if it stuck. So um, anyway, that's a uh, slight detour, Paul. Yeah, it's what you mean for the first 27 minutes. Um, the, um, uh, I would say if you're going to try and do it in cricket, then you get the Beige Brigade on board uh, because they will be at every game. And again, that gives you that core that starts things off. Um, well, that's probably the definition of exceptional fan, um, you know, uh, kind of crowd passion. So the Beige Brigade touring, you know, particularly Australia, or playing games in the UK uh, with the trumpeter uh, is... Um, is Brit- sorry, not the Beige Brigade. I'm th- what, what's the UK one? What am so I the UK about? one is um, the Barmy Army. The Barmy Army. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking of the Beige Brigade. So, sorry, um, I'm thinking of so the, the Beige Brigade. Are, are um, basically, they saw that they saw the Barmy Army and thought, "Hey, we can do that for New Zealand." Uh, and right. they chose the um, rather fetching one day outfit that the uh, um, that the, yeah. the, the, the beige outfit that uh, was back in, I don't know whether it was the 70s Early 90, or 1992 or and, and before, yeah, before there the 1992 World Cup. Um, and uh, they decided that that, was, that that would be their uniform, and hence they would call themselves the Bay Forget, which is fantastic. But, but anyway. The Barmy Army, though, is, is what I meant to say was the Barmy <laughs> Army is the epitome 
So Bar Miami. Yeah. If you don't, if if you're not a cricket fan, Google Bar Miami, and that's also about it. So that was one of my things when I was rich and retired. I was going to go on a Bar Miami tour. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. So, uh, so yeah. So folks, go out and buy lots of staples, toy staples, and I can then go on a Bar Miami tour. Um, uh, if you don't get what that is, search for news, search for um, Kia Play NZ on Facebook, and you'll see um, a new thing I'm getting involved with. Uh, anyway. Um, so uh, the Highlanders we talked about, Moana Pacifica, they've signed a, um, we talked about the, the Chiefs, Moana Pacifica signed a couple of players, um, Ray Nuia and um, Luturo uh, Tolai, uh, who are their first hookers um, that they have announced. So uh, two good uh, signings there. Uh, Ray Nuia, already a uh, Samoan international with a couple of caps. Um, Tolaya, uh, someone who was, and both of whom have been actually part of the Blues Super Rugby extended sort of uh, squad last for the last couple of years so um uh good to see both of those two uh having uh being signed up by moana pacifica and uh good to see finally that we actually have a front row now we've got three props and two hookers uh which uh which actually means at least we can get a match we can actually get a, a match day 15 not quite a 23 yet but we can get a match day 15 out of moana what pacifica. are the numbers at the moment is it 16 17 18 how many have oh. been named it's it's funny it's they're, they're they're announcing players every sort of two to three days it's playing right into your hands from nz sport radio because you can sort of have a conversation about them every couple of days it's uh they're coming thick and fast which is really cool 24 24 wow okay yeah so you're right. about 14 yeah it's 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 um, interesting so they've only got one they've only got one scrum half and uh three props so far so that's that's why they can't put together a match day 23 um, and how many players do you believe are, um, I guess, occupying those uh, um, those few spaces? Is it five spaces of? Uh, um, Out of the thirty-eight, we think they're going to do five spaces. They've named four players already who are non-eligible. Definitely, definitely, those five, four. I remember it was sort of uncertainty around: are they? Aren't they? Um, well, Sakoti Ketu is capped by Australia, so he clearly he's not. Um, the same Fano. with. Um, uh, Christian Liliofano. Um Tovatavanawai is um, Fijian. So again, he is not um, uh, eligible for those people. Uh, and finally, Lincoln McClutchy. Well, the Pacific Players Association, um, I've gone blank to his name now, uh, uh, person um, said that Lincoln McClutchy was not eligible for Samoa Thomas. So those four players. T Pole? Is it T Pole? Is that who you're talking about? T Pole? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Sorry. Keep going. Um, so, um, so, so yes, yeah, so we know that they, they, yeah, they've named four players so far. I'm expecting one more, um, uh, really. Uh, and um, there is a bit of a big name coming up soon, um, apparently. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Ooh. Maybe Arnie Surveyor. That would be an interesting one. You reckon? We keep saying that, don't we? Oh, sorry, hey, we'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep saying it until, it, until, it, until we know otherwise. Yeah. Um, you never know. You could, he, the Pacific, uh, the head of uh, Pacific Rugby, Howard Tapao, he might... Um, he might take the business suit off and don the jersey and run on. Just, uh, <laughs> when did he finish up playing? It wasn't that long ago, was it? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, the other thing is, um, if you... So, uh, memberships, so the first 10 members um, of Moana Pacifica are going to have the same number for life, okay? Um, really? And, um, well, that's quite cool. The um, So, um, what's... Uh, KJ Seki, I mean, someone I've, I've never heard of, um, but apparently he um, is some sort of actor, kind of famous. KJ Upper. 
KJ Appa, sorry, yes. From, oh, um, he's okay. from River, River, Riverdale, Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Anyway, um, so he is the number one member. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And here we number one member forever. Um, if you want to have numbers two to ten, um, then apparently um, go on Trade Me um, and uh, you can uh, um, and get them on Trade Me, I think. He yeah. says. Um, so uh, look, it's it's a it's a you know I, I saw him popping up and look I, I I've watched a couple of episodes of Riverdale. It's not really my cup of tea, but he is a big deal. You know, he is um, amongst uh, I guess teenagers in New Zealand and uh, people that do not know anything about rugby, uh, particularly American teenagers. He is a massive celebrity, so. Um, you know, it's uh, it's quite nifty that they've got him. It's certainly no, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, some people, you know, most people our age um, wouldn't have any, uh, would be completely indifferent to him. But uh, they've, um, you know, it's no mean feat nabbing him because uh, he's a big international celebrity. So oh, good on them. Fantastic. As, 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 you, as you noticed, I haven't got a clue who he is. I've never heard of him before. Um, but great. No, wonderful that he, um, that, that, that he is. Um so, uh, so yeah. So look. Uh, so, so if you've got a spare five hundred bucks, um, then uh, all of them. Uh, there's one at five hundred and twenty. By the looks, things um, are there. So, if you want to have, say, so number number two is at five hundred and twenty. All the rest are currently at five hundred. Um, the uh, auction closes on Sunday, the seventh of November. So, a week on Sunday. That's um, cool for uh, for that one. So, um, uh, so there you go, folks. That's uh, if you, if you want to become one of the first ten. Moana Pacifica members. Um, that's uh, that's how you go about it. I didn't know um, about that, Paul. So that's interesting. Thanks for that. That's cool. Looking it up. The uh, um, I, I did I did think about it, but I, I but now I've seen the price. It's like dar. And also, I'm not the right. I'm not the target audience. I shouldn't. I shouldn't go in and buy it anyway. Um, it'd be wrong for me to be one of the top first ten. So, um, but uh, yeah, really cool um, uh, initiative by them. Uh, they, they, look, they're doing some really cool stuff um, there. Uh, some of it I don't understand, which is fine. I'm not their target audience, as I say. Um, mm. But um, so, so yeah, I think they are heading the right way about things. Um, All Blacks squad, we should probably talk about uh, at some yep. point. 
It's a good squad. Squad, you like it? Well, they uh, they haven't read into the. You know, I was thinking about this. I was listening to uh, this afternoon uh, when I was sitting outside in the sun. I was listening to the uh, Driver Mall um, podcast from uh, from last night, which uh, if you haven't heard it, tune in, guys. And also your conversation with um, what are they? I've forgotten their names. Are the they Welsh. Attacking scrum I was about to yeah. say the attacking ruck. Um, so the, the attacking scrum um, and uh, and good comments there. Uh, I think he gave. Uh, I must say, Paul. I think he gave a a pretty fair, a true, uh, but certainly pulled no punches about what you believe is New Zealand's opinion on this match. And I and I sort of thought if the media didn't exist, New Zealand supporters would and myself, for example, would go into this game treating it like a standard Welsh game. And whilst we would believe we are going to win. We would be somewhat sort of amped for a, a real contest. And I think um, uh, the news and kind of the discourse uh, about the, the the fact that this game is outside the international window, um, New Zealand support, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know what that, that wouldn't affect us, right? That wouldn't affect the All Blacks or New Zealand supporters because as far as we're concerned, it's, it's, a, it's a tour game. Um, so, but what we've heard a lot, uh, particularly from uh, Northern Hemisphere writers and Northern Hemisphere publications and the rugby pass and that, is that this game is uh, a foregone conclusion and it's kind of a rubbish game uh, because the uh, Welsh uh, Premiership players can't attend and it's kind of taken the shine off and it's really disappointing. Um, and if, what I'm saying though is, I think a lot of, I think it's been a bunch of Kiwi writers who've, who've done well, the same maybe, thing. Maybe it's it's been, you're yeah. probably right. I've seen a lot. I've listened. I listened to a few. Um, uh, <laughs> I listened to the Times podcast. Whether I should or not is another matter. With uh, oh, our, our good friend Stephen Jones. I, I, look, Paul, I'm, I'm a sucker for rugby. I, content, I, I am. I am disappointed in you. <laughs> I don't boycott. I don't boycott. I just listen and and judge. So that's so. Uh, but you know, they said that but, but, but um, by listening to them, you just encourage them. <laughs> it's true. You're right. So. Um, them along with uh, a lot of a few other northern hemisphere um, podcasts uh, kind of, of quite cynical towards this match which i think i would if i and i don't listen to a lot of new zealand podcasts or, or, or i read a few few articles but i would be pumped up for this game so you might be right that new zealanders have kind of cotton on to that idea that the welsh team is uh, not playing a few teams but uh, but to be honest if you flip if you flip it round paul if new zealand was had dropped seven of its best players, would Wales care? They'd be like, no, this is a scalp we want to take. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what that means. I, I, <laughs> but, I still don't think it's as many as seven, but anyway, we, we, will, we will come on to that in a second. Yeah. Just quickly going through the um, your black squad then. So Moody, Taylor, Lualala, the front row, Retallick and Whitelock in the engine room. Um, the first shot, Blackadder at six. It's an interesting one. A lot of people would have had Ikiriwani or Luke Jacobson there, but no, Blackadder gets the gets the shout at six. Um, Papuli here at seven because Sam Kane is still not ready to resume that role uh, with Ardi Surveyor at eight. The next surprise, TJ Pirinara at nine. I think most of us thought Brad Weber had climbed ahead of him, but uh, no, we're going for the old Hurricanes partnership of uh, TJ Pirinara and Bowden Barrett. Um, maybe some sen- sen- sentimentality here in the fact that it's um, Bowden Barrett's 100th test match. Um, has put him ahead of Richard Mwanga. Also, Richard Mwanga started last weekend, didn't he? So uh, maybe a bit of rotation there on that one. Into the centres then, David Havili and Antelena Brown come back. 
um, with uh, Rico Wani on the left wing, Will Jordan on the right wing, and Jordy Barrett at fullback. Into the reserves, then uh, Samasoni Tokilaho ahead of Dane Coles. Um, I think uh, totally deserved there on the bench with uh, Carl Twinakafi and Chor Lomax. I think I said Offertonga Fassi would have been there, but uh, yeah, congratulations to, to, to Lomax. Vaai Akiriwani are the other two um, uh, forward replacements with Weber, Richie Mwanga, and Sevu Reese, the backs replacements. If we look at that lineup there, then from memory, Samuel Black, uh, Samuel. Samuel Blackadder, Samuel Whitelock and um, Will Jordan are the only two players to retain their jerseys from last weekend against the USA in that starting 15. So when I said on the Attacking Scrum podcast that I was expecting something like 17 changes, that's mm. kind of what we've seen. You, you um, it. So um, this this is a, is this exactly first choice? Um, some of us would argue no, because I don't think people, some of us say that uh, Weber should be ahead of TJ um, perhaps Mwanga ahead of uh, Bowden. But look, this is there or thereabouts a first choice All Blacks team to take on Wales, effectively. Yeah, uh, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good team. You know, the team last week was reasonably experimental and 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 focused on uh, you no know, disrespect to the players that were kept, but um, building experience. Uh, ahead of rewarding form or or the top players uh, that uh, I guess the selectors believe sh- uh, are of the All Blacks, um, so it's a good team. So it, it, whether or not this is building or something else, I think the All Blacks are you know not wanting to take this lightly. Uh, I did like that uh, that podcast. They talked about the fact that New Zealand traditionally name a better than average team. Uh, w- sorry. When the when Wales are not at their best, uh, the All Blacks don't tend to play into that. They tend to name their best possible team. And I think that's partly. I would suspect that's partly to do with the fact that Millennium Stadium, or what's the new name of the Millennium Stadium, Paul? I'm sure you know that. Principality Stadium. Principality Stadium. Was, but I, think, I think it has renamed itself again, actually. Yeah, might have another one. So the former Principality or Millennium Stadium or whatever it's called. Um, the stadium formerly known as the Millennium Stadium is uh, is a favourite of most All Blacks. So uh, it might be one of those things where the players are, are, are sort of get, you know, pushing, encouraging, you know, to, you know, and kind of saying, probably you could imagine that like in, like in a business, um, a year out from or six months out from a game, players start to talk to their, their, uh, their selectors and their 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 coaches about you know which games they desperately want to play and I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of players said we want that game. On the other hand, I wonder if um, if the All Blacks are starting that World Cup lead-in where we don't have the perfect. Uh, um, uh, Autumn International sequence where they want three big games and they're going to name their top team for those three big games, Wales, Ireland, France. Absolutely. I think this is the perfect um, sequence uh, in that we've got the USA where you can experiment. Wales, then you bring out your first choice team. Italy, you uh, give, again, you give uh, the wider squad game time. And then Ireland and France, you finish off with your two top t- your top team again for those two games. So fully expect probably that to be the All Blacks plan um, for these games. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, as uh, as you say, crack it, it was a really interesting listen about the history of the uh, uh, Wales versus All Blacks. I mean, Wales, probably the only nation um, to have had, to, to have held at one point a 75% win record against the All Blacks, um, which is just, which is uh, kind of stunning 
Um, admittedly, since the last one of those wins, they've not won since. But even so, um, the fact that, yeah, that, that there you go. Um, proper um, pub quiz question for you there, folks. Which team has held a 75, 75% win record against the All Blacks at one point? Um, and yeah. I don't think many people would say incredible. Wales. And, and even um, the fact that New Zealand played Wales for only, like, I always thought that, um, you know, I think a lot of New Zealand fans, me being kind of an average New Zealand fan, as far as knowledge goes, um, are aware that the last time they won was 1953 or 1954, or whenever it was. Um, but the surprising fact was we'd only played them four times until that 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 game. You know, that's 50 and years then, of games, and we played them four times. That's incredible. I assumed it was 10 once. or 12. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> like we, the, the, and, and they were always a big rugby nation. So it wasn't as if, um, you know, uh, it was, you know, like we, we uh, I think of the World Cup coming, uh, 2023 World Cup, we're going to play a team for the first time. And it was a big, big deal, which is, is it Uruguay we're going to play for the first time? Uh, yeah, so, probably. That makes, that yeah, makes so sense. Uruguay, they've fallen into pool the pool with New Zealand, which I assume is pool A because it's got the pool of France, and uh, it was announced that we're going to play them for the first time ever. It's a, it's a groundbreaking thing, and we don't get those very often, but the fact that we played Wales only once, after sorry, four times in uh, 50 years of games is uh, is extraordinary. Um, and it probably, we you know, we when we think 1953, we probably think, um, like, we probably think, oh, well, that means we've beaten them 50 times but it's not the case you know we don't play wales and and ireland and england as often as we play teams like uh obviously we probably play those teams about as much as we play the usa these days which is once every uh, three years you know two to three years which is you know so it's it's a long time but how many games is it paul is it 20 or, or something games 20 games oh, between wales and, and france uh, yes yeah, so no, well, well, you're, late, since 53. You're, you're quite correct. It is Uruguay because the yeah, team, yeah, Group A is going to be uh, New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay, and Africa one, which is uh, most likely to be Namibia. Um, mm. Pool B, so Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Asia, Pacific one, um, plus Europe two. Um, so that's going to be uh, Tonga, is it? Or, or, or Samoa? Samoa. Uh, Tonga, Tonga, yes. That'll be Tonga. Pool C, Wales, um, Australia, Fiji, Europe one, final qualifier winner. So Europe one generally is um, Georgia, yep. um, England, Japan, Argentina, Samoa, America's two, which is um, the U, uh, well, either the USA or Chile. Uh, you'd expect the USA to come through there as America's two to finish off Paul Hopefully, D. maybe not. But um, hopefully, on uh, yeah, that, yep, on that one. So um, uh, that's yeah, that, that's who you're um, you're looking at at uh, the, uh, the the moment, folks. Um, I would have to go and look at the All Blacks um, record to uh, um, to see I'm, how many times it's, it's you know we sort of think 50, 50 so that sixty years uh, it's not sixty games it's probably wow. not even twenty games you know sorry what were you going to say thirty five games against Wales okay well I was wrong it's closer to it's quite, it's somewhere between twenty and fifty so uh, oh. right back in the middle. Uh, if you, so yeah, look at that. So, so look at the which is um, just well, Argentina's thirty-three times. Obviously, that's catching up because they're in the rugby championship. They play mm -hmm. more regularly. Um, if you think that uh, New Zealand have played the British and Irish Lions more often than they've played Wales with forty-one yeah. games, oh, that's, that's just um, 
Yeah, that, that, that's quite amazing, really. Um, and, 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 and in a way, they've been increasing in the last 20 years, but um, we played Wales in the 2019 World Cup, as mentioned in that uh, podcast, and then prior to that, it was 2017. So Wales are one of the teams that New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand rugby doesn't have a vendetta with, like England rugby, uh, they seem to have. So they do seem willing to play them um, somewhat frequently. Uh, whereas, um, and same with Scotland and Ireland. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's great that we've got the game against them, and uh, it means a lot to them. So yeah. And yet, New Zealand's played England more than Scotland, Ireland, or Wales. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I think it's, it's because oh, yeah. um, it just just not. On the, how, how many times has New Zealand played England uh, in the last uh, ten years, Paul? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've just got a table up on Wikipedia as how many games I played against different teams. Um, clearly, Australia is at the most, um, and then South Africa, um, and after that, then comes France with sixty-one, um, wow. and England with forty-two. That's so, um, so there I, you go. I think since two thousand and fifteen, we have played England in the World Cup semi-final, which we got battered, and the game in twenty sixteen, no, twenty eighteen, where we just scraped through due to that uh, offside. Um, uh, call that we were pretty lucky against and right up until 2015 which is a long time so 2018 three years before 2015 we didn't play England once and maybe not even 2014 I could be wrong about that but um, there's something going on or there has there has in the last five or so years been something going on between New Zealand rugby and England it's a real shame because you know I, as, as an All Blacks fan I'd love to see us playing England on these India tours more often anyway Paul we're probably time to talk about the Welsh rugby team <laughs> yep um, so we'll run through the, the Welsh rugby team um, quickly. Um, Wynne Jones, the uh, British Irish line, um, Ryan Elias and Thomas Francis in the front row with Adam Beard uh, and Alwyn Jones, two two lines there in the engine room. Ross Moriarty, um, Ty Basham and Aaron Wainwright are the loose trio. Um, uh, not the first choice there, but that's through injury, folks, not through a lack of players. But that, front, that, that type five is first choice. Uh, Thomas Williams and Gareth Anscombe there, uh, in are going to run things with uh, Johnny Williams and Jonathan Davis in the centres. Again, uh, new centre combination, but again, due to injury, not to outside the window. Josh Adams, uh, Owen Lane and uh, Johnny McNichol uh, are the back back three. Um, yes, uh, missing uh, Lewis Rees-Zamet because it's outside the window and missing Dan Bigger. But those are the only two players that I think are missing because it's outside the window. So this isn't as, yes, there's a lot of players missing, but it's mainly injury not um, mm. outside the window. Onto the uh, reserves bench, um, Kirby McHill, uh, Reese Kerr and Dylan Lewis, a front row, Will, uh, Will Rowlands and Seb Davis um, round out the forwards. And then Gareth Davis, Reese Priestland and Ben Thomas are the, um, the, the backs replacements. So, um, yes, there are players missing. Are you you're Justin Tipperick's? Are you Josh Navidi? Um, your um, Shane Williams, not Shane Williams. Um, oh, it is Williams, but I've got his first name anyway. Um, the uh, um, so there are players missing, but it's injury. It's mainly injury rather than um, uh, r- 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 rather than the other side of things. Um, so that's uh, so. Look, that's a decent Wales team. Um, Liam Williams. Who you're talking about, right? Sorry. Sorry. Liam Williams. Is that who you're? Thank you. That's completely Liam Williams. Sorry. Um, but players like George North, for example, are missing because of injury. They're not missing because mm. they don't play well. Um, it's it's interesting to hear you say that, Paul, because me 
who isn't as knowledgeable as you um, on some of the players uh, has kind of bought into some of the um, the articles and the chatter that there are six to nine first choice starting 15 players that are excluded from this game due to premiership commitments or top 14 maybe top uh, whatever it is pro 14 so it sounds like from from your point of view it's probably closer to two or three uh, starting 15 and maybe five uh, 23 players that uh, are not allowed um, ish the I'm not sure even though that so if we if we look at the the, the players that um I don't um, think Josh I don't think Eddie Jones books the games, Josh. Sorry. I, I honestly I'm not having to go. I'm just saying I think uh, I don't think that um the coaches apart from maybe in the World Cup year get to choose the games. I think it's the unions that book and take that they, they figure out the well, money. What World Rugby for the ones that are inside the uh, the windows does is part of that discussion. Um mm -hmm. but um the, re the main reason is that England won't won't give New Zealand won't pay New Zealand over a million dollars um, yeah. to play a game outside the window. So that's, that's not a. That, I'm just commenting on Josh's uh, mention. Oh yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's the the unions are the ones. So so um, Foster and and Steve Hansen aren't, aren't faced by a million dollars or nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They are mainly they want to they want to see you know I'm, I'm sure steve hansen in his time was calling out to the head of the steve chu to go um whoever succeeded him to go hey get me games against england and uh and the the money and the the suits talked anyway go ahead paul continue there with the with the welsh uh comment so, yeah, so if we look at the, the 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 squad then so um who are they missing they're missing um uh chris uh tazunza uh who um is has never played international rugby before um, Tulupe Falatau, yep, absolutely. He's a he'll be a first choice player. So that's one. Thomas Young in the back row. Um, I'm not sure he would be first choice. Uh, it's got three caps there. Um, Dan Bigger, who I mentioned, Callum Sheedy has been the backup fly half, but I think Gareth Anscombe would come in ahead of him. Nick Tompkins, um, well, depends on your view as to whether you think he should be in the side or not. And Lewis Reese Summit, um, who is the the other player. So three starters there potentially two players on the bench at most so it's yeah. not that big it's quite surprising because yeah i've just just looked at an article and it basically says that english-based players is bigger fellow tower and Zam and, and reese are uh, the ones missing out i guess the the kind of chatter uh that you hear online um it's i guess in a way somewhat defeatist because it's uh you know they're kind of saying that it's a lost cause and it shouldn't be played but if you if, if you because it's outside the window but if you if it's really three key players that are unable to play because it's outside the window injuries happen regardless and injury would have affected regardless if this was next week which i believe is inside the window um the the noise that you're hearing is a little bit kind of um what would you call uh it's a little bit defeatist i'd say um, yeah no, sure. i mean look Wales, sorry, New Zealand, the All Blacks should beat Wales, full stop, mm -hmm. right? Whether they've got their players or not, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, the Looking at this, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's mention of 21 players not being available through injury and um, availability. Now, yes, there are a lot of players injured. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, some, uh, and that is a problem. But it is in, to, it's, it's mainly injuries, not availability. Um, and you always have them. Right, you always have injuries. And you always have them, yes. 
and um, you're a national side, you need to be able to deal with a few injuries. And yeah, the, the disappointing thing is the headline of this is not Six Nations champion versus rugby championship champion. It's depleted WoW squad versus rampant All Black squad, which is a disappointing kind of, um, I guess, uh, I know it's not the headline, it's my headline, but uh, it's the it's the narrative around this game. And Wales won the uh, the, the Six Nations, uh, surprisingly to everyone, and they did scrape through a little bit, but they won it. And so this should be built like that, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. Um, look, looking at these, but so you think about that. Think about this. Look, you've 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 got to what your Tipperick, Navidi. Um, uh, Liam Williams, uh, George North. Uh, so you've got at least four current British and Irish lines who are missing from this from this squad. So it's not just first choice players, but it is your top notch first choice players as well. So, they, so, yeah. uh, there are, but it is an injury. I think it's more injury related than it is um, uh, than than, um, than availability. So yeah, it's a shame as you say what the the, the, the narrative of it. Um, but let's go through and do our predictions for the. Um, um, for the games then. First up, let's talk about internationals. Um, we've got Scotland versus Tonga. Um, so uh, this is, again, Scotland missing a couple of players like um, uh, Finn Russell, um, Hogg, uh, for example. So some of their top players missing from, because of availability on this one. Still, um, you would expect Scotland to win this one pretty comfortably, comfortably against Tonga. Um, so I back Scotland by 15. Um, and Despite all that talk around the uh, the different ones, I'm I'm going by. Oh, scroll, there's, there's a heavy scroll there, there Paul, uh, down to the twenties. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I'm going for twenty-one for New Zealand against um, Wales. Now, uh, if you listen to the uh, the the um, for your ears only preview of this, where I talk with Jed from uh, New Zealand Sport Radio, you can get that over at nzsportradio.com. Um, he yeah he goes for twenty-three points. So look, this isn't a purely New Zealand one-eyed view. Um, I think the uh, they're expecting something similar from Wales as well on that one. I wouldn't be if I was a Welsh fan, I'd kind of be bracing myself for that, you know, in the hope that we uh, something different happens. But uh, I have to agree. I think it's um, I'm picking uh, New Zealand by 17. Uh, the reason I'm dropping that is I've heard the weather isn't tremendous there and they're keeping the roof open. So I think weather is worth you mean it's gonna be points. pissing down with rain. That's right. It's pissing <laughs> down with rain. And I think uh I think New Zealand generally plays a little bit better in the rain than um than well depending on the team, uh against teams that they can uh you know run around a little bit. Uh so yeah I'm I'm still giving them a few points. So yeah I'd I'd say uh, seventeen. Let's go with seventeen. And Scotland, yeah I think that's right. Uh, I don't think Tonga's taken their best over there. Um so I'd say Scotland by twenty. Yeah, look, it's not the same as Fiji, who are not sending their head coach or the coaching staff over there or any local base players. The Fijian side is purely going to be um, players from Europe, yeah. but I think uh, I, don't, I don't think Tom have taken the exact. I don't think Tom have taken that route. No, the uh, head coach um, is obviously um, Toto Kif, who's uh, staying home there, isn't he? Oh, because of the attack that happened in uh, yeah. in Sydney, yeah. Which he's doing really well. Uh, there was an article about that, which was fascinating. If you get the chance to read it, have a look. Um, you know, quite an incredible um, and quite horrific uh, thing happened to him. But um, yeah, have a read. But yeah, he's staying. He's staying home. Um, the um, 
so Josh reckons that uh, he knew Foz would give uh, Bodie the nod ahead of Richie. Uh, Foz is like Hanson um, in uh, in some sort of way. Oh well, yes, Ian Foster and uh, yeah, is it, it, is really a continuity of of Hanson. That is very true. Didn't uh, um, Hanson give White Crockett uh, his hundredth test with three two two or three minutes to go in the game? If oh, I can't remember that. I might, yeah, so so it was. It got a bit of controversy at the time. But White Crockett, I think it was White Crockett. I could be wrong. Uh, his hundredth test was happening. You know, his hundredth test was on, and he got he he ran on on the seventy eighth minute. Uh, so so <laughs> if he's like uh, Hanson, um, I, I don't know if that's Hanson esque. Now I could be wrong about that, but um, that's what I that's my memory. Um, so I do think though uh, for for the commenter that. Um, at least a portion of Bowden Barrett's um, his uh, position, why he's starting at ten, is because it's his hundredth game. Yeah, if it wasn't oh, his hundredth game, very good chance. Sentimentality has, has come in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are running way over, folks. We normally try and keep these shows to half an hour, um, but we're so we're, we've just gone past the hour mark. It's my um, fault. Canterbury, <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed it too. Uh, look, Canterbury versus Tasman. Um, Tasman by ten. Canterbury have been uh, poor um, this season. I disagree. Um, Canterbury, they've they've got a point to prove. They have, what is it? Four on the trot. It's um, three on the trot. Uh, that is um, the most un-Canterbury uh, 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 winning um, record or losing record, uh, you know, imaginable. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm picking, not hoping, picking Canterbury to uh, do the deed by three. Right. Well, that, that could be an interesting one on the TAB, folks. So keep an eye out on that one for uh, during the um, uh, during the game for some live betting. Um, I will be at Taronga Domain for Bay of Plenty versus Waikato um, at 4.35 tomorrow. Um, this one, um, look, Waikato have, sort of, uh, fallen off a cliff, really, um, since they were topping the table. have lost to Northland, Taranaki and Hawke's Bay. Um, admittedly, two of the form teams there um, whereas Bay of Plenty actually picked up that one-point win over um, Wellington. so But they haven't been convincing either. Um, I'm going to go Waikato by three. Um, but really, two unconvincing sides. Which one is going to lose at the least is my um, expectation on that one. Um, Turbos versus Hawks Bay. Look, Hawks Bay, the, um, the form team, um, yep. some, some big wins. Admittedly, how tired are they after Ranfilly Shield games? But they know it's wrapped up now. Still, the bay by by ten over the turbos, um, and then oh dearie me, battle of the basement dwellers um, with uh, Southland versus Northland. Um, can Southland get their win, their one and only win this season over Northland, or will Northland get themselves into the playoffs? You'd hope that Southland will do it, but um, yeah, we will see. We will see. Uh, they went close against Canterbury yeah, at home. Did. And Otago. Um, not yeah. that far away from Otago, uh, those local games. Um, I think Northland will take it. Northland, look, it's all been double-digit losses apart from that one game over Waikato. I'm going Southland by three. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll be, be at odds. We'll be at other ends, even though we're in the opposite, opposite islands. <laughs> and then... Um, Next Wednesday, we've got the Bay of Plenty versus Northern. You've got to be back in the Bay uh, in that one. Absolutely. I'm going to Bay by seven. At least at, seven. I will be at, uh, the, look, in here it says Taronga Domain. That's wrong. 
That game is actually in Rotorua, folks. It's going to be cold. I will be at that game, though. Uh, we'll quickly whiz through the Premiership and the top 14 as well. Um, look, uh, I'm going to go Gloucester over um, Exeter because Exeter have been um, uh, poor this season, but they, sh they, they should be the winners there. Bath and Wasps, wow. Um, I'm going to go with Wasps because Bath have won a game this year. Um, Irish, look, surely Bristol can't lose to Irish. Um, Saints against Tigers, cracking game. Two, get two teams in form and a West Country derby um, as well. Um, I will actually back the home team, even though Tigers are six from six. Um, look, Worcester, um, Sharks, not, not always a tra good travelling team, still should beat Worcester, who are, again, down the bottom end there. Quinns, Saracens. Ooh. Big game. Ooh, I'll watch this big one. Big game. Um, yeah. Now, unfortunately, both teams missing their international players because they're all in training for next weekend. Um, hence, I'm going to go with um, Quinns by three um, for that one. Um, three o'clock in the morning, um, that clashes with the Black Ferns versus England game, um, yeah, which is on Monday morning game. as well at 3.30 a.m. Um, by the way, I think the Black Ferns will beat England in that one. Really? Interesting. Um uh, any, any comments about the Gallagher Premiership? We'll just move on to the top 14. Go for it, mate. It's, on it's the top your, 14, your, then, your cool. look, um, your picking here is very easy, folks, on the whole. Go with the home side unless you see anything that jumps out at you. So, so pretty simply, um, Castro will win that. Um, and uh, that's got me a 66% win rate, which is better than the average, which is 59, um, using that method. Um Powell against Stade Francais. Stade Francais have actually turned things around there with those three wins, including one away. But that was against Perpignan only by one point. Perpignan, mm. as you can see, bottom of the table. So I'll still back Powell at home um, there. Perpignan against La Rochelle. La Rochelle have finally got into the the, the, um, the swing of things. Um, so I think they'll beat uh, bottom of the table. Toulon against Burritz. Wow, two struggling teams. Um, but again, Toulon at home. Uh, you've got to back the home team. Montpellier, Lyon, um, again, this one's a pretty simple home choice. Uh, Bordeaux, look at that. Six wins from eight games, including a, and, a, and a draw. They're going really well this season. So let's whack them up by a bit more than that against Clermont. Uh, and then Racing versus Toulouse. That will be a cracking game, folks. Um, but uh, So I'm going to go Racing, not by many, um, because look at that, Toulouse. Just one loss this season, home or away. So um, Toulouse, a cracking team, obviously, um, with the... Uh, uh, a number of the youngsters from the French national team who I think a lot of us are very um, excited about. So there we go there. Um, looking at that one, um, La Rochelle, the only away win I'm expecting wow. this weekend, but a couple of cracking games in there uh, this weekend. You've got that Racing Toulouse game, that Bordeaux. Um, Bordeaux, we could see see how they, uh, they're going. But um, over in the Premiership, those two games between, um, what was it, some... Um, the, uh, the, the Saints and Tigers and Quinns Saracens, two derby games, two games with form teams, um, some some cracking rugby on offer this weekend. Cool. Um, Con, thank you very much for joining me um, this afternoon to help wind down for the weekend. Um, that's been a longer wind down than most um, must say, uh, and uh, I'm dry, so definitely time to get another beer. Um, hope you all have a great weekend, folks. Stay safe. Follow the rules, lockdown rules, please. Get yourselves vaccinated um, and let's get back to normal as soon as possible. Cheers, folks. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.